Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This episode deals with serious and distressing content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Beth. While I've got you, if you love how I survived, please rate, review and subscribe. It helps other fans like you find us too. He puts a blade against my throat. It felt cold and he had it literally positioned over the carotid artery. And that was even more scary for me because I knew if you get an artery, you have seconds and I mean seconds to control bleeding or you're gone. This is How I Survived, stories of everyday people and how they survived against the odds. I'm your host, Beth Young. You know, am I going to die or what? I mean, I, I look back at it now and I thought, you know, how did I ever survive that? I think that I probably survived for a reason. How I Survived. With the TV murmuring softly in the background, 39-year-old Desiree Page relaxed back into the reclining sofa, cuddling her 13-month-old son, Corey. It was late at night, and her husband, Gary, a long-haul charter bus driver, was away for work. Desiree and Corey were home alone. I was watching TV, so I just, you know, had him in my arms, and of course I dozed off. Him fast asleep in my arms. Just a typical night like that. But there'd be nothing regular about this evening. Usually, Desiree would religiously lock every door and window before she went to bed. A sound sleeper, she didn't hear a peep as a stranger stealthily broke into her home around 2.45am. Suddenly, she was shaken awake. Someone was tugging on her leg. Desiree was horrified to see a strange man standing above her. Roughly 5'6 to 6'2 and kind of like beady eyes. You know, I was terrified. There's this man in my house. Dressed in black clothing, he looked fairly normal. And Desiree wondered if he was a friend of her 23-year-old stepdaughter, Courtney, who was out with mates. So at first, I kept asking him, if he knew my daughter, because it was the only thing that truly made sense to me. So I didn't recognize the imminent danger. I'm thinking like, okay, maybe he needs to know where the bathroom is. Still cradling a sound asleep baby Corey in her arms, Desiree asked the stranger if she could help him. His response was very strange. He was all calm and collected like, and he starts asking me weird things like, do you need a father figure? Do you need a man around the house? Uh, do you need any yard work done? And he kept asking me weird questions like that. And he was also saying he was from the future and not to be alarmed. It was clear that he didn't know Courtney. And not only was he an intruder, he was also deluded. When he sat down on a chair opposite her and Corey began to stir in her arms, Desiree knew she had to get the trespasser out 
and fast. Panicked, the first person she thought to call was Gary. So she secretly grabbed her phone. I had actually hit speed dial on my phone. Then I clicked it on speaker so he heard the commotion for himself. The guy kept informing me how cute my baby was. And that made mummy bear come out. Gary was listening to every single word, but he was a five hour drive away. Racking her brain, Desiree had to try and get the intruder out herself. So I decided to go for a little breastfeeding 101 on him. And I asked him to leave because I needed to nurse my son. And he started to at first. He truly did. I even lifted up and prepped like I really was going to nurse to make it believable. Getting up, the intruder walked towards the door. Relief flooded through Desiree, but it was short-lived. He ended up just coming back and he had this giant stick. It was like a tree limb and he's holding up over his head. And that's when I really got scared. Heart thumping in her chest, her baby still in her arms, Desiree was petrified, but she had to protect her son. And I go, I don't care, but you put that stick down. And he actually fell for it. He actually apologized and put the stick down. I had accidentally hung up on my husband and I hit the speed dial again. As the stick hit the ground, the stranger sat back down on the couch. Desiree put Gary on loudspeaker and he screamed down the line at the man who was threatening his wife and child. My husband said, if you don't get out of my house, I'm calling the cops. And this is when it terrified me, this crazy guy in the house telling my husband, 911 won't do you any good. That is exactly what he said to my husband. And I feared for our lives at that point. And with good reason. By now, Corey was wide awake and bawling. And the little boy had triggered a bizarre response in the crazed intruder. He kept saying things like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you lying? He is my kid. Why are you trying to keep him away? I thought it was really bizarre because it was my child, not his. But he was swearing up and down that it was his kid. The tension was building. Then, all of a sudden, it reached a crescendo. In the blink of an eye, the intruder had stood back up. This time, he was clutching a knife. And now he was running towards Desiree. And then he puts a blade against my throat. And it felt cold and hard and firm. And he had it literally positioned over the carotid artery, kid you not. And that was even more scary for me because I knew if you get an artery, you have seconds. And I mean seconds to control bleeding or you're gone. With Gary so far away, Desiree needed someone to protect her and Corey. And I dialed 911 and I did not speak a word because I had a blade against my throat. And I just hoped to God 911 stayed on the line 
In a whirlwind, with the blade still digging into the delicate skin on Desiree's neck, the man suddenly snatched baby Corey from her arms. He literally pried him from my arms uh, with the blade against my throat. By the time the blade loosened, he started fleeing the house, chasing after him. I just started yelling frantically my address, hoping that the 911 would hear me. Catching up with him in the kitchen, Desiree desperately tried to grab Corey, but the stranger gripped her son tightly in one arm. With his free hand, he was fighting Desiree. I was actually in hand-to-hand combat with this guy. We were like two soldiers fighting for our lives. Plus, he kept trying to go at me with a knife. I ended up pushing myself so far I actually had an adrenaline rush. And that adrenaline had me doing combat moves. I didn't even know that I knew. Weaving, dodging and blocking his blows, as the predator menacingly thrust the knife at Desiree, she tried to wrench it free from his grasp. In the tussle, thankfully, he lost his grip and dropped the knife. Stripped of his weapon, Desiree tried to lunge towards him and grab her little boy. But it was no use. Shell-shocked, Corey wasn't making a peep. The poor baby was wide-eyed and scared. But it was about to get worse. And I had the upper hand until we hid in the fridge and, my luck, my husband had the cordless drill on top of the fridge. It fell down and it hit me in the head. Thrown off balance, Desiree fell and banged her head. It was just the distraction her attacker needed. Still clutching Corey, the intruder grabbed the knife again. I was stabbed three times in my chest. I had absolute no pain, no knowledge that I was even injured. I looked down and I'm literally my entire bosom and chest, all of it, is just covered in blood. And I could feel blood dripping down the left side of my face. So I know I was bleeding from where the drill hit me. I was like, oh, crap. With Desiree down, lying in a pool of her own blood, the kidnapper ran off holding her baby. Just minutes earlier, she and Corey had been sound asleep. Now her precious child was gone. He'd been stolen by a psychotic stranger. Getting to her feet, Desiree raced outside. I got to the gate, opened it up, and that's when I was able to look and see the lights from the law enforcement. They had obviously managed to arrive within minutes, and I mean minutes. At that point, by the time I got to the top of the driveway, I grabbed a cop. I did not know where my son was at that point. I was completely terrified. She was desperate to find Corey, but the officer made Desiree get into the ambulance to be checked over. While in the ambulance, I made the hardest call you would ever have to call your husband with. One of the hardest calls ever. I ended up calling and having to tell my husband Our son had been kidnapped, and I had to tell him that I had been stabbed. Gary wanted to be there to comfort his wife and rescue his defenceless little boy. Distraught, Desiree then called her dad. 
And I remember clear as day saying, Daddy, Daddy, please come. And I don't say Daddy. I'm 39. I don't say Daddy. I usually call him Dad or Father. You know, and I retreated into like a childhood stance at that point because I was so scared and terrified and in shock all at once. It was a mother's worst nightmare. Would Desiree ever see her baby boy again? It felt like it couldn't get any worse, but it very quickly spiralled. A police officer came and informed me uh, they had located him and he was being held hostage on top of my neighbor's three-story rooftop. And this is going to sound really bizarre because I'm not violent. I don't think stuff like that. My first thought is looking down on that cop's belt and thinking, how the hell can I grab that gun and get away with it and go kill the guy? That was my first thought, kid you not. You feel so hopeless. You want to do something, you just don't know what. After what felt like an eternity, although only 15 or so minutes had passed, an officer appeared holding Corey. Cradling her baby in her arms, Desiree began to sob. Her son was clearly traumatised. My first thought was that he was dead, literally. And I was scared for him. I was scared for me. He was in so severe shock, he was literally like a limp ragdoll. His body was limp against me, and he was not even registering I was there. His eyes were just wide open, nothing was happening, no movement. And the only way I could reassure me he was alive was keeping an eye on his vitals. I kept soothing him, I kept saying, it's okay, mommy's here. Mommy's here over and over to try to bring him out of shock. Reunited, Desiree and Corey were raced to hospital. But she wasn't letting her child out of her sight, not even for a moment. The hospital has a policy. One patient per room. They were going to put us in separate rooms. And I seriously just lost it on the nurse. I'm surprised they didn't commit me. I started cussing her out and I told her, over my dead body, you will have to physically kill me first. I was being ultra extreme protective at that point. Needless to say, Desiree got her way. As she clutched Corey, the doctor checked them both over. Thankfully, her little boy had escaped with only cuts and grazes. And Desiree was incredibly lucky. The knife had struck just half an inch away from her right lung. It scared me, but at the same time, I'm feeling very blessed because I do realize I could have easily been murdered that night. Very easily. Soon after, police arrested the intruder, 29-year-old Brennan Scott Stone. Desiree was traumatized by that horrible night, but she and Gary were about to discover even more terrifying details. Corey had been in even more peril than they'd first realised. He was threatening cops, saying he had found a screwdriver, what are the odds, on top of the roof, and he picked up the screwdriver going, I'm going to kill him. Hurling abuse from the rooftop, Stone lobbed bricks and rocks at the police below. 
but it was the precious cargo in his arms that had the cops most worried. He had threatened to throw baby Corey to the ground too. Poised, the cops had prepared for the worst. They had actually seized our house and put a sniper in my yard, aimed at him. The negotiating officer had actually positioned himself where if they needed to shoot him, they would be able to shoot and he would be able to lunge forward and catch Corey before he fell to the ground. And I mean, to find out that he wanted to throw him off a three-story roof, completely, it, it made me feel hopeless. You lose your very being in a trauma. And that's something I'm having to relearn. It's so weird losing who you are and needing to find a new person. Four months on from the attack, Desiree had to face Stone in court. Pleading guilty to attempted murder, kidnap and unlawful use of a weapon, he was sentenced to 20 years in jail. Police explained how Stone had been high on drugs when he broke in. Looking Desiree in the eyes, he said he was sorry. But is he? I appreciate that he tried to make an apology, but there's just some things an apology won't work for. He needs to take that 20 years and he needs to sober up. He needs to be proactive in doing things that adults do. It's time for him to grow up. It's been nearly three years since that awful night. And Desiree still struggles with anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. She grapples daily with how close she and Corey came to death. But because of that, she and Gary hold their kids just that little bit tighter. Corey, who's nearly four, had his first day of preschool recently. While saying goodbye, Desiree choked back tears. I held them back. I really did. I was trying to be strong for him. I actually wanted to stay, but my husband was like, no, you can't. Honey, we have to go. Luckily, my husband was there and he was my rock and he really helped me get through. Still so young, it's hard to know just how much, if anything, Corey remembers from that night. But despite it all, he's a happy, loving little kid. He is very sweet. Very lovable, very considerate, extremely observant and smart. Uh, he'll take those wooden blocks with the ABCs and numbers and he'll say, look, I build you a house, Mom. If only it were that simple. Within its four walls, Desiree and Gary's home holds so many traumatic memories. But they can't afford to move. So they're trying to move past it together by focusing on the biggest positive, their brave boy, Corey. We are extremely grateful that he and I are still here. Um, I feel, I look at things a little bit different, like his milestones. When he had his second birthday, which is actually the, the first birthday that happened after the trauma, I looked at it as a, oh my God, this could have never happened. And I felt so very blessed, fortunate 
I looked at it as a something you take for granted until it's snapped away from you. Treasure your loved ones, hold them tight, and appreciate them each and every day. But if there's one lesson, it's this. Do not, under any circumstances, mess with an angry mama bear. <laughs> I definitely agree. Especially one that is running on adrenaline. You don't want to even go near them. <laughs> if you feel you've been affected by any of the topics in this week's episode, help and support is available by calling Lifeline on 13 11 14 or lifeline.org.au or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36 or beyondblue.org.au. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you don't miss more incredible stories of survival. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really helps. And we'd love it if you could find our Facebook group, How I Survived, and we're on Twitter, at SurvivedPod. Next time on How I Survived. I was in excruciating pain. I was shivering violently. I could not stop myself. I started to do some mathematics and work out how long it might take the rescuers to get to me. I thought it could take them 10 hours. I did some more mathematics and I worked out that I had less than five hours to live. So it dawned on me really quickly that I was going to die up in this building. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.